Hello and welcome to another edition of Tales from the Border. I'm Darren. I'm Nathan. I'm John. I'm Chris. I'm Richard. And I'm Rob. This is a podcast where we discuss all things tabletop gaming. I, I'm, I'm quite glad you left off the weekly there because we already yeah. missed that, didn't yeah. we? And the war gaming. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Right. So what's everybody been up to? A lot of Warhammer. 40k generally. Very good. Uh, I've been painting some Warhammer Underworlds uh, teams, the the ones I talked about last time. I've finally got around to finishing at least one of them, so that's been uh, my week. And also, I've been working on creating a um, uh, a game of my own, uh, a board game based on um, putting on a theatre production, which sounds terribly, terribly boring. <laughs> now I say it out loud, but it's actually been quite an interesting and uh, enlightening sort of uh, exercise in trying to figure out how things work together and how to balance games and all that sort of stuff. So that's been my week. So Sorry. what's the uh, the title of your board game then? Uh, well, it's Tommy ADs. Uh, it's it, I, it's the working title is Places Please, <laughs> which is a fairly typical sort of theatre sort of uh, saying. Yeah. Um, but um, it's 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 just got to the kind of uh, I'm, I'm using uh, Nandek, which is like a, a deck um, creation tool where you can build cards, and it's effectively a uh, an engine building game uh, with a bit of kind of event management and card management. Um, so you have to pick a play. You've got to pick a number of actors and like a couple of directors and technical people. Uh, and then depending on how you match the public mood, um, depends on how successful that particular play is and therefore, you know, how much money you make or lose. So is this like a competitive game where you're playing? Like you've got several players and you're just trying to put on the best play? That would be or... the, that's the ideal. Yeah. yeah. But the, the thing of it is, is trying to figure out whether you can make it a, a single player game. So you, you could play it by yourself or whether, you know, you do have to play against other people. Um, so I'm trying to figure that out at the moment. And it's, uh, it's, it's more tricky than you might imagine. Conceptually, it sounds very much like it should be a social sort of experience. Yeah, definitely. Trying to put on the best play by yourself yeah. as a solo play option. Um, yeah, but it, because it's got this scoring idea, you can always say, right, okay, can I beat my score from last time based on the same sort of conditions? So it's it's possible. It's not ideal to play solo, but it, there are so many games where it's like two to four or two to five, two to six. Uh, it'd be nice to have some games that, uh, you know, you can play solo if you don't have uh, friends on a given night to play with. Uh, well, you know. Thank you very much, fellas. <laughs> I, I must admit, I have got a few single-player board games at home. Uh, Blackstone Fortress being one of those. Oh, okay. So is it Mage Knight as well? Isn't that meant to be very good? I've uh, never played it personally. I, again, I'm just looking at like solitaire games, which I've read about, which are very good. Uh, yeah, it's 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 again, it's a highly rated game. I've not played it yet, but uh, it's by the same guy that made uh, Code Names, which uh, we have played and uh, enjoyed. Yeah, we did enjoy Code Names actually. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure I was with you when you played Code Names. Mm. It was definitely here. Uh, yeah. Oh, I guess I wasn't. <laughs> it's obviously body, left, if not mind. It's obviously <laughs> left. Don't have to remember. Yeah. It's obviously left a huge impression on you. <laughs> yeah, don't recall it at all. No. <laughs> so speaking of solo play options, uh, Mansions of Madness does indeed have a solo play variant, mm-hmm. uh, which I did experiment with for a first little play test. So we've all played this game uh, either once, twice, three times over the past two or three weeks. So we've all kind of got a an opinion of the game. Yeah, apart from everybody important has. Yeah, apart from John. Yeah. Oh, you're not important, John. That's no, right. I suppose the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, if you turn up, you know, late, don't give me any warning. I can't buy a microphone for you. So who's here before you? 
bit late. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> so I think uh, from uh, should we go around the table and see what everybody's kind of view with Mansion to Madness was, uh, Darren? Since you bought yes. the game, are you? Yes, that's a good idea. You yeah. start. Me start. <laughs> okay, well, I'm going to be unrelentingly negative, so perhaps we should start with something positive. <laughs> okay, brilliant. Really? Did you not what? like it? Uh, I, you have to start now. Uh, yeah, we, we want to know <laughs> yeah, what your name is. Well, I just didn't like it. Maybe, not that I, uh, maybe okay. it's better to have positive at the end of all the negative. <laughs> right, okay. I well, prefer to hear the bad news first. Fair enough. Well, I, I did enjoy it, let's put it that way, but I think there are issues with the game that I think that is not a great game. It's just a sort of, it's either a very mediocre board game with a with a great app, or it's a mediocre app with a sort of a slightly middling board game attached. the The idea is that you know, obviously, if you've not played Manchester Madness before, uh, you investigate a mansion, uh, you interact with various clues and items on the board. Uh, but when you use the app, what you tend to do is you interact with the app rather than the board um, and you click on buttons in the app and then the app will say okay well you need to make a test so you have to roll some dice um, basically based on whether or not you're interacting against a monster sort of trying to fight a monster or whether you're trying to investigate a clue but you're always rolling the same dice you're always kind of it's it it feels very samey no matter what action you're actually doing whether you're fighting a monster or whether you're actually you know searching a uh, an, for an item you're basically getting the same dice. You're doing the same action. It just doesn't feel very... Combat doesn't feel differentiated from searching, for one thing. Um, the other thing I found was that the the combat itself wasn't that involved. There were, there were times when, for example, uh, I, I was carrying a heavy weapon and I was fighting with a fairly heavy character with a low agility. And then every so often it'd say, oh, you throw your weapon at somebody, roll agility. Well, I, you know, if I had a choice about what I was going to do, I wouldn't throw my weapon. But because it's randomised based on what the app tells you that you're going to do, you, you you lose a lot of the kind of the player agency. So that's my kind of initial sort of complaints. So what games have you played do you think have done it better then? Well, that's the thing. There are loads of kind of combat games that you could play that are better combat games. And there you know, are more interesting kind of investigation games. It's sort of this mashup of the two that I just don't think works all that well. Staying on the negative, though, I will say that the... Uh the app, the descriptions and the text in the app sometimes can be slightly misleading. Uh, we found, obviously, with the, the monster movement phase that, you know, to begin with, we were double moving them because it sounded like the right thing to do. But then when we discussed it further, it was like, well, actually, no, you know, they only move once or may only move once. Yeah, Not too that was, sure. That mm. was a bit of a, I mean, we did, we crossed a similar situation uh, in our playthrough. Yeah, we did. Where I think we we were we were interpreting it perfectly correctly, and it, it was telling us to do that, but because we'd already had a, a slight misunderstanding, but that was only like most of our first playthrough and only a second or third for me. That particular situation with what the app was actually telling you to do, you need to read the options after the description in order to understand fully what it's talking about. So, as a as a general rule, I found the the app very very clear, pretty concise in, in what it's telling you to do. Um, you just you do have to make sure you read everything that's on the screen before you move on from yeah. that screen. What yeah. I found with the app was, yes, everything, you know, you had to read everything, but it wasn't that intuitive. So you'd be going around collecting items, say, such as evidence, and three of the four characters could have 
evidence spread between them, but the app would think that all that one character had all the evidence. So when you in one of the scenarios, you have to compile the evidence to get towards the end game, and you could just do it by cheating if. If you just clicked on the app. You're not suggesting you would cheat, Rich. I'm not, but the app would allow you to. Uh, yeah, uh, that, that is a possibility. Well, once again, I think with, with any of these kind of games, it, this is a cooperative experience, and if, if you want to play the game, then you you make sure you don't take advantage of any of those little loopholes. There's a, there's a million one game. I mean, the, the, the most obvious and direct version of that is, oh, I rolled a four. Let's just pretend I rolled a six. Yeah, and the, the, oh, yeah. the same is true with any physical game. Just because there's an app now which has similar loopholes doesn't really make it. Yeah, you just take away from your own experience if you just you know it's like playing a, fight, a fighting fantasy game and you're not rolling any dice. You're just saying, well, yeah, I'm just going to assume that I kill that monster and then just keep going and going and not actually playing the book. Mm. One thing I again, if um, <clears throat> sticking on the negatives now, is I didn't like the insanity alternate endings, alternate alternate winning conditions. Because, as we found out, Nathan could have won literally halfway through the game. And we looked past it just to be able to play for longer than the hour that we played. And it turned out that we all had these alternate ways of winning. And to me, they just felt cheap. It just felt that it detracted from the the point of the game. I understand that you needed to be punished and you needed to fight like, for going insane or playing badly, if you like. But to do it so that you could end the game literally at that point, it just felt a little anticlimactic if we had ended the game when we could have ended, which I think your character could had to kill another character, and if he did, then it was that there were it was game over. And you basically told us that I can win the game now, and it's game over, and we're only halfway through the evening. And we just carried on because we wanted to play it to the end. But we don't know what's on all the other cards, and to me that it just felt a little bit cheap and a, a bit of a... As I said, it it detracted from the game to me. I think there were better ways that you could have punished people. Because to me, it's not really a punishment if they're winning by basically ruining the game for everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> for a cooperative game as well, it's not... Yeah, it's not great. No, it's not the bet, the way you want to win. You want to win with everyone else rather than just go, okay, now I win and everyone else loses. It's either... I would so, say there is other cooperative games with similar mechanics of well, like betrayal. insanity, like betrayal, or is it um, not pandemic, post-human, where you can actually become infected, yeah, and you win the game by but at least you know making everyone else infected, but you know their win conditions and you can work to avoid them. Whereas in this, it is secret and it specifies that it is secret, so we don't know. It's like okay, I. I'm, I either can't be in a room with him, I either have to destroy evidence, I either have to do this, I, I or don't have to do this. It just cheapens the game to me. It just makes it very difficult well, when it gets to the end game to... Yeah, to, and that was one of my game. other... But one of my other points was that the, 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 the objectives were a bit too obfuscated until right near the end. I mean, obviously, what, what we found out was that... Um, I'm not going to go into spoilers, but you know the, there was a certain objective that we had to achieve to, to complete the game. But we didn't find that out until we'd gone through... Uh, a particular door very very far into the scenario yeah. you know it was a very very long time before we figured out actually what we needed to do yeah. we were we bumbling around for ages and if we hadn't gone into that door at all we wouldn't yeah, have been lost. able to complete the game yeah we would have just <laughs> lost we straight up lost anyway <laughs> well yeah on, on your playthrough I think but well, on, on the playthrough that uh, we did Rob and Rich um, I, I'd say I've already played through that one twice myself it's been very different each time 
Yeah. Uh, and the, the first time I played it, which was when I played solo play, uh, I, I discovered the objective, shall we say, pretty early on because I happened to go that way. It, so um, I think it's it's not really a justifiable point to say that the the objective doesn't come till a lot later. No, I think it's, but, uh, it's the, the randomness the, of the, the the objective kind of. Yeah, I think that's that's kind of the point, though, isn't it? I mean, mm. okay, a lot of good points here. Um, I personally really enjoy this game because I'm a I'm a big fan of Lovecraftian stuff, and it, it's very visual and it's very classic in that take. It's yeah, not necessarily going to break any ground. It's not exciting and new in any way. Other games have done things and probably done them better. I was just going to say, has anybody actually enjoyed the game? Because I- yeah, I, mean, I, did. <laughs> sorry, I did I enjoy, enjoy it, playing yeah, yeah. it. We're just sticking with the negatives now. I I do think it's got more positives than neg- negatives, if I'm honest. Mm-hmm. Oh, a lot more. Yeah, and like you were saying about the app, saying how if you're carrying a heavy weapon, you were throwing it, so therefore that your character wouldn't do that. I think it keeps the game dynamic. It makes it that it makes it different. It makes it um, so that when you're reading it, you can imagine your character doing that. You know. It wasn't just, okay, my character has a strength of this, so I'm going to roll this many dice, and that's just me throughout the entire game. I'm just going to do this. I'm just going to spam this one attack. To me, it mixed it up. Um, same with whenever you walked into a room and it said, and it gives you the, the detail which you wouldn't get in another board game. And also, I liked the way that it randomly did things to specific characters because you told uh, the app at the beginning that character A, B, and C are in this game, and character B and then you get a bit of fluff oh character B this happens to you and they make a big massive roll I really like that I think that was good and I personally have never played another game where that has happened there probably are games but me personally I've never done that yeah I think um, I've I've got no other experience of, of game board games with apps um, you know I, I, you can play games on your phone or tablet or whatever and they're, they're a very different thing I think the, to me it seemed without any other example of this so it's very small sample size but it seemed to strike a really nice balance between the app is there to to act almost as a GM, to tell you what's happening, show you how to, to lay out the board as it comes across, but also it was very careful to make sure that you're still playing a board game. You're not just playing a game on your tablet. Well, that, that's kind of why I disagree. I kind of disagree with that because yeah, we spent a lot of time. <laughs> yeah, well, we spent a lot of time looking at the app, you know, reading from the app and then pressing buttons on the app rather than looking at cards, looking at what's on the board, and interacting with what's on the board. There was no sort of interaction with the model on the board until the app told you what to do, which I, I, I know is the app is kind of arbitrating what the monsters do, but it just felt a bit like, well, why don't you just play it in the app? You know, you don't need the board game. Yeah, I see what you mean. Well, I, what I liked about it was I've played other games that are sort of game masterless, Things like Kingdom Death, Deep uh, Madness. Deep Madness. Um, there's, Dark there, Souls as well. Obviously. Dark Souls. There's other ones. And it's up to the players to draw cards to then control the monsters. And it sort of takes away from that, this is my character. Because then you th- you have to go from, I'm a player character, when it's your turn to control the monsters, to now I'm the monster controller. And it's a very different way of playing. So having that third party that's not involved in the cooperative nature of the game was really useful. It, it took away that you could think, right, this is what I'm going to do next and this is what every I think everyone else should do rather than having to think like a monster player would. Yeah, potentially. But I think, you know, you could have done some of the interactions with cards or with a book or something like that so you don't have to rely on the app. No, I, think, I mean, you are right. I mean, the app in, in some respects is a, is a novel 
I'm reticent to say it's a novelty only, but it is a novel way of solving the the problem. Um, as you say, there are certain things you could do with a with a deck, and this is your monster deck, and it will then tell you what's going on. But in order to replicate everything that the app is doing, yeah, you would need 120 yeah. million cards. So it, yeah, it would be a, a not big practical. old monster of a of a, a and you're going to spend three, four times as much time learning how to play the game before you're getting any real enjoyment out of the game. Whereas with this, I think you just fall straight into it and it, the, the app explains what you're doing as you go. Yeah, it is sort of pick up and play. You can... yeah, and once again, obviously, we, we played through this, which is the, the introductory scenario as well. So in terms of you know how much agency you get and how much more important it is to pay attention to what's going on on the table rather than just on the app. I think that we certainly, when we played this, the second scenario... Um, Escape from Innsmouth. There was definitely more tabletop, yeah, interaction on that. There was, especially when everything started to catch fire. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. There was. It was a bit more in depth. But then there are things like there are strange sticky rules, like the the fire rule, for example. Because uh, I was there for the the, the last yeah, hour of that particular the game, game, where we were, you were worried about where the fire was and you know how it spread. And those are the type of things that actually the app would be really useful to have. If you say, right, okay, there's a fire there, and then it's a, we could say, okay, well, the fire spreads to there and there. So yes. there's, there's no confusion. I, once you know, again, actually, I, did, I, I was a bit confused as to why that wasn't dealt with by the app. Yeah. <laughs> but I think there are, there are options so that you can choose to set fire to anything at any point. Yeah. Well, we found that you could game the game in certain ways, game the rules, because it was like um, the, the riot or whatever it was moved towards the nearest character so we kind of gained it in a way that made it easier for us the same with the fire you, the, the fire spreads one way or you know yeah direct so we could game it. i think that's why they let you do it rather than the app so that it does give you that bit of a chance especially towards the end game when if you are struggling it gives you because we i think we gained it that you could we were burning the enemies you know it's little things like that in that game yeah we were making them pass through the fire making them pass through the fire deliberately spread like, the fire in front of them and things it. like that and yeah, i think so. that's why the app doesn't do it it's up to us to choose whether to make it easier or to make it harder and we chose to make it easier because we were getting thrashed but <laughs> yeah it didn't help <laughs> no it didn't help it still lost <laughs> mm. i lost my tiny little mind mm. yeah. Well, that is the the general sort of uh, theme with Call of Cthulhu games. I think you know it's yeah. losing your mind and dying in a horrible way is you know part of the course. To be fair, um, so I hadn't got an issue with that. To be honest, I think you know the, the the chances of winning and losing seem to be about right. You know the the theming seemed to be about right. You know the the one thing that I did think also kind of let it down with regards to theming was it did start off a bit too combat heavy, and I don't know whether that was the same as the the, the, the games that you played, but certainly for my for my money when we walked into the into the first room and there was a monster there and immediately attacked us it's like well i'd quite like a bit of searching a bit more kind of tension building before we get to the first you know elder horror um it wasn't elder horror but you know you know what i mean it it was still a an alien horror as opposed to just a cultist or somebody that you know was a little bit uh a little bit mad or you know that sort of thing yeah yeah i see what you're saying there it did that particular path that you took does just drop you directly into monster from another dimension straight away. Yeah. Um, but once again, you know, the app gives you plenty of options. It tells you that there's some commotion going on in there. It sounds nasty. It tells you very clearly that you have the option to barricade that door and, and not go that way, or you can go in there and see what's going on. Which, yeah. I mean, of course it's designed to try and hook you in. Yeah. And then I think the, the, the very first thing you see is a, is a, a Cthulian nightmare. Yeah. 
I think that's the whole point. It is supposed to shock you. Yeah. It's not just some weirdos in, <clears throat> in pajamas. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's something genuinely horrifying, and it tries yeah. to grab you that way. Yeah, I think I, you're, I mean, perhaps if you're, you know, you, you've played a lot of these kind of games and things like that, then you're more interested in the suspenseful build. Mm. But I think certainly for a, for a new player, and I have like a, quite a unique experience with this one compared to you guys, in that I have run through this with my wife who has never played board games before. Yeah. And, and she found it really, really exciting and really interesting as a, as a brand new player. So perhaps it is just that it's perhaps pitched a little lower than where you're expectations should be yeah i I suppose it's probably my expectations as a as a reader of kind of cthulhu sort of fiction is that it's never you know the first page is never oh and then you know the monster strikes you in the face you know (laughs) it's there is a build towards madness and sort of monsters rather than it being a quite a you know straight oh here you go here's a monster to 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 attack i must admit the second scenario insmouth it does kind of build that suspense because you're stuck in a building with sort of, you know, there's there's enemies. It's a riot. It's a mob. You're stuck in a building with this mob outside the building, and you've got to plan your way out of the building to start exploring. Yeah, in that sense, then yeah, you certainly you don't come across anything that's like utterly inhuman and, until no, you're no, already no, the, the first, first thing room. you see is an enemy. Yeah, it, the, yeah, the enemy kicks the door down and then it gives it's you the, the choice. It's the very first thing that happens. Yeah, but that's just a big, big, burly, like, weird country bloke. No, it's not. A Cthulhu horror kicks the door down. That's the very first thing that happens in that It game. is one of the deep ones, wasn't it? It's yeah. a d- deep one hybrid. Yeah. yeah, it's a hybrid, isn't it? Yeah. Which, which is just the like very first thing that happens. slightly suppose, wet, yeah. fishy people. That's to, 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 to side with Aaron on that one, you, you, you could say that, well, he's just a big, burly bloke who happens to look a bit funny in that respect. Yeah. You know? But the, the guy that we saw was, I forget what it was named, but is it a haunting horror? or? Um, yeah, yeah it was a haunting it horror. It's a haunting horror. It's a weird snake-like thing that flickers in and out of reality. Yes. You know? um, whereas... Once again, I mean, I'm I, I'm probably getting what I see in that model and in that description. I'm referencing directly back to the Shadow over Innsmouth, where they are just, you know, it could very easily be it's just been an isolated town for quite a while, and you know, some some cousins have been doing some things, and and you know, yeah, you just, just end some, up with that sort of situation. Some weird fishermen. They don't immediately fishermen. look like half fish, half man people. Just because it is a, a deep one oh, hybrid, but we were talking more that it, like com- we were talking more about combat as opposed to yeah. I mean, it chucks you in, but it's it's what I, what we're saying is it's not against some otherworldly nightmare creature. It's just a big burly thug that doesn't know how to count. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So in that in that respect, it's not chucking you into the madness quite so quickly as this first scenario introduction no. necessarily does no. well, once again if you went the other way then it could be quite a while and you have to deal with a few cultists before you come yeah. across anything the, yeah. the other thing with this particular scenario is all the cultists <clears throat> come from the, kind of the entrance of the building but the actual uh you know the, the ritual is is actually taking place somewhere else so if you were to investigate where the cultists were coming from you wouldn't actually find the the source of you know ultimately what you need to deal with yeah yeah i'll give you that that's um i, think I that's don't know whether that's do just the... randomness of the, the app or or, or what, but yeah, well, I mean, it draws them. They just come into the building from outside. Yeah. Um, so you know something's going on outside, and then as you explore and interact, it tells you that the way to go outside is is the way to go. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Yeah. It some of the um, cultist even... placements, though, from the app don't make sense. Like one just turned up in the lounge when there's no outside access to the lounge. Oh, but it clearly states he comes through a secret door that you hadn't previously seen. 
And in, in this particular setup, there is a door hidden behind a, a bookshelf that you're not given an option to even investigate. That's just the way the map randomly generated it. But mm. in that, I know exactly what you mean. And in that, it did state he, he appears from a secret door. Okay, so we're getting quite negative. So what, what are the good things about this game? I mean, obviously, the models look fantastic. Um, Agree? Disagree? They're, 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 okay. they're good-looking <laughs> board game models. They are not up to standard with a 32mm scale miniature like some other games are putting out there. I, that's fair to say. I think, obviously, you don't have to put these models together. You know. Yeah, they're, seeing, they're already assembled and they're, they're very there is, simplistic. There is detail. And, yes. You know. yeah. They're good gaming pieces. You know, They're better than Lord of the Rings chess or something. But it's, <laughs> They don't really fit on the bases very well either. Like, you know. Yeah, I mean, the actual quality of the moulding is, is a little off. Yeah, yeah. It's not quite there. And, in, and just in terms of the bases, while you have the card insert that goes into a plastic base that your model then sits on, so you can obviously use a different card with different models on the same base. Very clever. But you end up with enormous bases that are that are just quite overly dominate half the board if you end up in a situation where you've got two or three enemies in the same space as you you're overflowing massively all over the place and it doesn't really fit yeah it would have nice would have been nice to almost have um see through bases because the the map the the tiles are like i, I like the artwork it, it, the, the artwork's lovely and it almost ruins it having characters yeah, on it. it a big thick black lump big, of plastic yeah, that's what i mean like something clear what you're looking at would have been nice to be able to just it, again it would have made it more you can see yourself in the scenario you know it doesn't take you out of that scenario at all be, it's immersion yeah yeah i mean the other th- with the with the cards that they're using which you know you can you can slide them out and they look very good and there's a bit of fluff on the back it says you can slide them out yeah there you go and uh, and it gives you what it is it gives you a couple of different numbers which are its horror rating and its other things and its damage that it does and all that and that's all well and good but all of that is dealt with by the app there's absolutely no reason to have that represented on the table yep no. which then gives you big fat black plastic base I which think doesn't s- really need to be there but is there any way to play it without the app or is it app no. only no, it's entirely reliant on the app yeah. I think the models are too big as well. Yeah. Like you look at the size of the the main big bad guy. It's huge. It takes up basically the entire one of the cards on the actual Yeah. And it's fallen off already. But he is um, supposed to be the, the Yeah, but you can Yeah, that's the Starspawn model. He is he is a very big baddie of, of utter eldritch horror. Um, but even so but the trouble is he's he's almost too small to be that. <laughs> he's too big to be a, just a normal monster, but he's too small to be an eldritch sort of Cthulhu-esque terror. Well, he, he's not a Cthulhu. He's, he, yeah, yeah, he isn't no. Cthulhu, nor is he one of the one of Cthulhu's brethren. No, he's but a he just looks like child. a child. He does look like a gorilla with a, you know, a Tentacles mind flayer. Yeah. yeah, it's just I just I think they've overdone it. They tried to. Well, once again, if just... if you take that model and you pop it off, this is a very visual reference for a podcast here, but if you put him on there like that, if that you had amazing. a smaller clear base without any of this, then it looks would be cracking. Ten times better. Yeah. I think, so the, the issue is the bases rather yeah, than the... Yeah, yeah. Oh, I think I'll probably agree with that. What about the, the character models? They don't look particularly detailed, not exactly inspired in the way that they've been put together. Yeah, but you They're know all... what each one is, which so it does the job. Yes. And there's there's humour in a couple of them as well. Yeah, I don't mind about my with the yeah. Shakespearean head. Well, yeah. it, his blurb is that he is a Shakespearean actor. Uh, to and what's his name? It's William Yorick. Yeah, so what's he holding up in his hand, looking into in the uh, miniature? Well, it's a skull, so yeah. it's very heavy-handed. Yeah. <laughs> it's not exactly <laughs> it's a heavy-handed uh, pun, but yeah. it's, <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah, 
Yeah. They are more more suited to, I think, this board. The character models are what every other model should have been like. Yeah, yeah they're, they're molded onto an integral base. Just yeah, a little that should have just been twenty mil circle. Mm. Whereas the, the cultist is on a fifty mil square. It's a. So I suppose what we're, what what we're driving at is the app game balance might be a little bit off. The I think it's pretty spot on for me, but then okay. I don't have any further experience. Well, I mean, what you're what you're saying with with the, with the cards being on the basis of the models, really, they should have been put in the app. Well, they are. All the information's in the app. The app yeah, already well, knows how many wounds have got and what horror rating yeah. they are and this and the other. So it, it, mm, I think it's, it's very effortless to play it. That's the one yeah. outside. You can literally come around and the setup is minimal. Okay, which one are we playing? A, B, C, or D. It's like, okay, we're playing this option and off you go. We set up as we go along. We've picked our characters. It's it's easy. Whereas we have had games, I can't remember off the top of my head which ones they are. Deep Madness. Yeah. Deep Madness, which take <laughs> how many hours to set up? <laughs> well, it takes a while. Yeah, it's a good old setup because you, you, you lay out the entire map to That's start it. with and then there's all sorts of different counters and different effects in game and then obviously you're in the middle of a game and something very vital is going on on that particular tile and it tells you you need to flip that tile over so you have to take everything off, turn the tile over, put everything back on again. It really slows the play down quite a lot. And I think uh, um, last week we were talking about games, like introductory games for people who have never played this before and I think this would be a good game for it. I think in that sense it would be. um, People who don't know the lore either, it does explain it a little bit on the cards. And I think it is very easy and very pick up and play, especially as you said, your wife, who'd mm-hmm. never played board games before, enjoyed it. It wasn't overly complicated, which I think a lot of board games are nowadays. Yeah, the the fact that the app takes care of an awful lot of stuff, which while it you know it may seem like you're playing with the app more than you're playing with the game, it, it really does help for people who aren't versed in rolling dice, referencing cards, understanding what this special rule does, especially when it's used in conjunction with this other special rule. When you're doing it to that particular character, it, it you know there's an awful lot to to remember if you're not versed in board games and tabletop gaming. Yeah, but there were a few rule kind of queries that we did have that weren't covered in the app that yep. really did cause us a few issues. So, but then that in all games, I think yeah. the, the books themselves are laid out pretty well. It's only very two two very thin little pamphlets. Uh, one entitled "Learn to Play" and one entitled "Rules Reference." So yeah, it's in one yeah, way I mean, or the other. That's, that's the, the general f- fancy flight sort of. Um, yeah. We did have to Google Method. a few things though, and even then we were a bit uh, really. Yeah, well, once again, there's there's still grey areas. Yeah. I think that you know, but that I found that comes up with our our group. Yeah. Because we're all quite well versed in the minutia of the detail about how these sort of games normally play and how um, and what is it exactly telling you to play and how is it an and will or a might or a must or a maybe. And, you know, th- that sort of fluffy little detail, we tend to get bogged down in sometimes when you don't really need to, because overall, in terms of how the game plays, it doesn't really make that much difference. No. <laughs> no, not really. Another thing that I think is appealing for sort of new players, and especially new to the Cthulhu lore, is the um, hand-picked quotes on the app between loading screens and what happens? It's quite nice to. It gives you a feel for the Cthulhu lore, and, yeah. and the sort of feeling that you, you're supposed to have when interacting with Lovecraftian. So, if if we didn't have the Cthulhu um, skin over the top of this game, would it be interesting? Would it be fun? Or is it just? Meh? 
but you can say that about a lot of games. A lot of games are bought on the theme. Yeah, because, yeah, no, because no. we we do that a lot. Yeah, um, like the amount of Warhammer stuff that we have and stuff like that. I think the 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 skin over this game does make it. And if you took it away, I don't think you could. I don't think it would be a game. I well, that, think, that's that's kind of my point. Yeah, that's what I mean. Just... I that's but well, I mean, to me, this is a slightly uh, more focused in version of Betrayal at House on the Hill. Yes. Where, where you, you don't know what your actual, your actual scenario is, you don't know what your victory conditions are, and you discover the map as you go along and things happen according to it. I think mechanically this game works just as well as that game. And I think you could skin it with anything and it would work just as nicely. You could put it in a gothic horror situation. I think you could put it in an undersea ex- sci-fi station. Yeah. And I don't the, think the, as many people would buy it. But. Yeah, <laughs> they've, they've taken... What is essentially the bones of a game that, that that could be anything, and they've gone like, oh well, we can we can put this property on it, and and people will then buy it, and we'll make lots of money, and they've done that. And I, I hands up, I confess fully, the only reason I was interested in buying this game was because of the the Lovecraftian lore to start with. But I I found that I'm I'm pleased with the game. I like it. It's fun. And don't get me wrong, I'd play it again. I'm, I'm not saying that it's a. Oh bad, no, never again. You're it, banned. Okay, well, okay. <laughs> For saying negative things. Yes. I'm not saying it's a bad, bad game. I'm just saying that it's. No, it's it's an all right game. I just I'm not it's sure. It's a good game. I wouldn't even mm. say it was all right. Okay. Well, there's, that's, there's, a, there's worse games. Come on. Oh yes, definitely. You know, there's one being developed right now about a theatre. Absolutely that. terrible. <laughs> um, so it, you know, it's it's not like I'm. I, I couldn't point to other examples, but I'm just thinking that for me, it just felt a bit basic in terms of the interaction you have with uh, the board characters. And there's, you know, it... would you buy it? No, not after playing through See, it. I think I would, but I think I. How much did you pay for it, Darren? Seventy-five. Uh, Seventy-five pound. And how many scenarios do you get? Uh, it comes with we established four. See, that's that's base. my point. You only come with four scenarios, and then there are five pound a piece. After there, well, there's a couple of DLC ones, and then there, there's also uh, half a dozen expansions that which you can you buy, which give you buy. more. Also, so this is second edition, and there's uh, the first edition is also completely compatible with this. So you, if you've but got still, that, still, it's a lot of money for. It is expensive. Four campaigns. Four but scenarios. Sorry. That's well, once again. That's that's I think to do with the fact that you're paying for this license. Yes, if I could pick it up. So cheap. if it wasn't Lovecraftian, if it was uh, a completely original mansions of mild neural disease, <laughs> then you would pay thirty, forty quid for it. I don't, I don't know. I think because uh, I think it's public domain now, isn't it? Um, H.P. Lovecraft. Yes, yes, it is. I suppose, but you're you're paying for the name, even though they're not paying for a license. You're paying for that mythos. Yeah, I'd, I'd buy it if I found it cheap and secondhand. Also, uh, again, you know, with, again with the expansions, uh, but I think seventy-five pound is a bit steep. It, it, it all depends on the replay value. I mean, you, mm-hmm. you mentioned that you've already played the scenario, the first scenario once already. This well, well three, three times, times through now. In total. Yeah. Once you know, solo, once it, with just the two, and has, once as a group. And it has been subtly different each time you played it. Oh, quite drastically different. Oh, okay, the, the mansion itself was laid out utterly different this time round. When I when I played solo first, and then when I played with my wife, uh, the mansion was the same both times, but the the order that things happened in was very different. Uh, the third time when I played through with you as a group, the actual layout of the mansion was completely different. So was the well, app doing that based on very the number different. of people? Well, I don't know. It's or? probably just random, you know. But it's 
it might be. I don't know. I don't know enough about the uh, wow. the internal shenanigans of the app. Oh, we'll have to look into it. It's at a later date, I guess. Um, yeah, I think you know, for me, that 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 four scenario sort of limit. It's quite for the price. It's quite limiting, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it's because mm. even with like, if I was paying seventy five pound, I'd expect. A, a booklet of scenarios, like ten scenarios or something like that. And yeah. okay, you say that it mixes it up, but it's still the same plot. Yeah, it is the same overarching thing. You know, yeah. you, you, once you've played through it once, the, the detail may be a little different, but it, it's it, it. Once you've played all four, I think it's a cool game to get out for new players. But I think as a as a group of like our group, I yes, think we, we play the four play and the then we put again. it away and we never play again. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a, it's, yeah, I do. I, I think suppose you, you, you get you, some worth out of it. While I while I agree, it's a it's a pricey game because because I bought it at full price. You know, board games. There's a very vibrant second hand market. You don't necessarily need to to be buying things at full price. But well, the app's free as well, isn't it? So yeah, there's no you additional. You could pick it up for second hand and just download oh, the app. It would be so, cheeky yeah. if you bought the game and then they were like, "Oh, and now five pound for the app." You'd be like, <laughs> "I beg your pardon." <laughs> if you own Manchester Madness First Edition, you can incorporate it all into this. Yes, there's a Which, there's a conversion guide hmm. somewhere in there that just very quickly tells you how to do it, and also as part of the second edition set, you get all the uh, second edition versions of the cards for all the first edition characters and all exactly. the expansions that were done. So there's some so like sixteen so it, other characters in there, plus you get the little cardboard bases to go in the bases for a whole range of other monsters and creatures. So if, so so if, if you've you got own the first edition stuff, it might it, you know. It's, definitely worth getting if yeah. you enjoy this sort of thing because you can just shift it across mm-hmm. uh, one thing we haven't talked about is the um i found it quite unique is the actual magic yeah um, the, oh, you're about the card flipping the card flipping the, the mechanic yeah with a lot of the cards oh, that, was yeah. a very, that was actually done really well actually i haven't yeah. seen it done like that before you, how, if you have a spell you you can use it um over and over again but the but what happens afterwards is different every time. Yeah, it's a different consequence. Each yes. time you cast a spell, you uh, you take your spell card, you read out the effects, and then it tells you to flip the card. And on the back of each one, it will say a consequence for using that spell. Maybe nothing happens. Maybe it all goes catastrophically wrong for you. Perhaps it goes really, really well. Who knows? Different effects. And then it will tell you to discard that one and redraw a new copy of the same spell. So each time you cast, you have a different side effect. Which, I mean, I thought that was a very interesting mechanic. Yeah, it's certainly interesting. Quite dynamic. Yeah, and, and certainly um, that that whole point we made earlier about the idea where you're just like, well, I've got this stick and I'm going to hit people with it, and I'm going to repeat, 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 repeat. It certainly put, puts a different spin on that for magic users, which I think is very, very much in keeping with the, the nature of the environment. Yeah, I mean, it is. I think it it does make it interesting. I think that there are only still four or five different outcomes for each of the spells, so it's it's not. Hugely. Yeah, well, it's, there's not an infinite range, no. No, no. Um, which again, you know, board game. So it's not exactly you, you're not going to yeah. get that, are you? But once again, I think the, the fact that they decided to do that in cards as a deck to make you play the game as a board game rather than giving you a hundred different variations, which they very easily could do just yeah. in the app. But once again, as you said before, then you're you're playing an app game, yeah, not a board game. So that's one of the things they've done to to make it still it feel very much like if, if they ever wanted to just put it on the app store as an app game, it it would shift across easily, and they'd probably charge you thirty pound for it. <laughs> yeah, it, I don't know. It, it'd be free to free to download, but it would have in app purchases. <laughs> yeah, Each like, character, I buy the monster. whiskey bottle. Yeah, 
Yes. Yeah, your your granny with your whiskey bottle was yeah. uh, pretty effective, wasn't she? Well, no, because she could. <laughs> it was it <laughs> well, was a great with... cinematic moment where she, where the old granny necked the whiskey and took the broken bottle to the cultist, but then uh, then completely missed because she's not good at fighting. But it was a lovely image. It was. And it was one of those kind of uh, what they call you know magic magic it's moments, I guess. It was a proper character moment. Wasn't yeah, it? exactly. Yeah. Brandishing her broken whiskey bottle while stepping into a yawning portal. Yeah, you know, so it was it was, mm-hmm. it was very exciting when that happened. But again, because you're fixed in the app to discover what's going on, you know, there's not like there is a a portal token that you can put onto the board, which might have been a bit more interesting yeah, to actually got, see on the board. You've got a, a generic blue exclamation mark. Exactly, and, and that's the same thing with the Eldritch portal yeah. with with the clue tokens. It's all very much like oh, there is a yellow uh, question mark in a particular spot. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So once we've finished these four scenarios, uh, is it is it right? Do you think it will be one of those games that you just put away on the side, or will it be replayed? I think if enough time has passed and you forget it, I think yes. I think it's a game you could bring out once a year. Would any of you be tempted to buy these DLC or expansion packs to play those? Do you like the game enough to then pay more on top of that? Oh, I definitely like Darren. Further? I definitely let Darren buy some scenarios. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think well, this this one's certainly my uh, my contribution to the group at the moment. So I yeah, I would happily uh, buy the expansions. Uh, at the same time, I've I've played in three different ways with three different groups. Effectively, if you count me by myself as a group, <laughs> so I would get replay enjoyment out of it. Um, I don't think you would get a lot of replay for the same group of four or five people to come back in six months and play it again. Because mm. you'd all be like, oh, yeah, I remember this one. Yeah, he's over there, isn't he? Yeah. But I think that's basically the same with all this kind of game, isn't it? Well, with every board game. You yeah. can only play Monopoly so much. <laughs> yeah, but even that has... The correct answer is zero. <laughs> <laughs> but even those sorts of games, you know, there is replay value because the actual game itself will change based on who you're playing with and, you know, yeah. what cards come out, what uh, you know uh, what things you land on whereas this one does feel a bit limiting in terms of once you've played that one scenario you know for example that there are going to be cultists there's going to be this particular cultist that's going to spawn this particular monster so it does kind of take away the kind of the suspense and the interest in that particular game whereas you know other games you know even monopoly you can play that again and again and each time it will be completely different because you're on different squares you know you buy different houses etc etc I think that the same is still true of this and this this type of game in general. In the fact that if you play with different characters and you you play that character differently, you could be a headstrong young woman who runs off into the dark alleys of Innsmouth all by herself, and it, everything goes catastrophically wrong. Or is that what happened to you, Darren? No, no, no. no. <laughs> Are you sure? Absolutely sure. It didn't happen to me. She was right. just jogging alongside the mob. That's all. Uh, it happened to Rita Young. It wasn't me. <laughs> um, but yeah, if you, so if you're playing with different people, then or same people playing different characters, you you're going to do things differently. You're going to discover things in a different order. S- you the, know, there's uh, certain things that are unavoidable, like the overarching plot of it. But all the the items that you're going to find are different every time, which is going to affect how you solve that scenario differently. So there are there are options. You know, it isn't just going to be the same game. Yeah. I suppose the thing is, is there enough variation to make it interesting? You know, are the characters different enough in and of themselves that you would be like, oh, well, yeah, I really want to try that with Wendy Adams because she's got a unique characteristic. Or well, each character it, has a unique ability. Yeah, but are they that interesting? Some of them are, some you know, of them aren't. I was going to say, William Yorick's is, 
if a monster dies, you gain a clue. Well, that it's can be very that handy because it's to, handy, towards the end of a scenario, you, you you find yourself running very short on clues. So, yeah. but it's not game changing. No, no, I don't um, think so. Yeah, they are. Each one's got its own individual. But I, I, I wouldn't replay that scenario just to play William Yorick because of his special ability. Because that is not interesting. No, the only thing I do know is play another scenario. Yeah. But, but and as soon as the four scenarios are done, it would be a long time before I played it again. Yeah. But other scenarios, yeah, I I would happily play. It. I enjoy the game enough to play every scenario. Mm-hmm. You know, every one that you bought. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm just just a, a last point, I suppose, before we finish on this one. I think for this is the first game of a, of a tabletop board game nature where I have actually found myself behaving or playing differently depending on the type of character I'm playing. Because, uh, once again, when I've played through this and I played uh, William Yorick, I, I played as uh, a, a more aggressive character um, and, and I made choices in the game based on the fact that he was a brawny sort of character who got a weapon and he's going to deal with stuff where I played with, with Agatha, I, I put some cra- some uh, character into that and, and made a slightly mad old woman in my own head. And then I, I played with Rita Young, who's a athlete or something. So uh, I was quite bold in my choices in that respect. I found myself actually playing differently than I would normally play a game like that based on what character I was using. And whether that's just me starting to enjoy board games or whether that's anything to do with this game particularly or perhaps my just my willingness to want to enjoy it mm. perhaps is, is more... I'm a bit more open to it maybe than you. Um, but for me, that was, that was noteworthy. It was genuinely a, something that's worth bringing up because I've not done that before. Yeah, but there, there was no variation in between, you know, William Yorick talking to the butler was no different from Father Matteo talking to the butler. You know, in, actually in the game, there was no difference. You know, um, it, it just changed who the amount of dice you roll. Well, yes, um, I mean, the, the amount of dice you roll then changes how the outcome goes. Yeah, yeah, it does, yeah. But it, it still is not that interesting in terms of what... You, you didn't get a different option saying, oh, oh, you, oh, I see you're a priest. Ah, therefore I will confess this to you. you know, no, but, you're but, right. It, it, wasn't, it didn't go into it in that level of detail. No. It just affects your dice pool. Yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, if, if the app was a bit more involved, then actually you, you could justify its kind of existence because it's like, okay, well, actually, every time you go with a different character, you get a different outcome. Because, uh, you know, if, if you say, right, okay, well, it's going to be William Yorick investigating the, the bathroom uh, cabinet, for example, then his options are going to be to smash it open, let's say, because that's the type of character he is. You know, and if he does that, perhaps he breaks the only clue that's in there. Whereas if it's another yeah. light-fingered character, it's like, oh, well, you get the option to pick the lock. And that makes it more interesting than, than what we had. And that, you know, it's, it's no, completely actually, Yeah, possible. I agree with you that one, yeah. There's, there's no reason why they couldn't have done that yeah. with a bit more time and effort on the development of the app itself yeah. and, and the playthroughs. Yeah, no, you're right. That would have been a slightly more interesting and diverse mm. experience, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think so. Perhaps for third edition. So, out of 10, what would you give it then? I'd mm. say it's better than average. I'm more around the 6, Can 7. We, I was going to say, what are we considering average? Just to, just to benchmark the group. Are we saying 5 is average? Yeah, 5. five okay. Obviously, 5 is middle of 10. 0 to 10, 5 average. Mm-hmm. So, I would definitely play it again. 
you know, average would be where you would obviously just play it once and be like, yeah, that was a bit enjoyable, but probably not. Whereas, you know, which one was it that we've uh, played and probably would never play again? Oh, most of those. <laughs> All of those. Um, whereas 10, you would continuously replay over yeah, yeah. and over again. I'd say six-ish. <laughs> so the I've price raised. brings it down. It's, it's very expensive. Yeah. The app does control a lot of what you're going to do. So it does lean away from the board game-esqueness. So, but I enjoyed it and I would play it again. Does the well, lack of replayability hurt the score? Definitely. Uh, and the fact that everything is a new expansion is another five pounds or and that's Darren's just, five pounds. And that's just for the DLC based. Yeah. If yeah. it's a physical expansion, it's cost, you can cost more than that, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, 20, 20, 20 odd quid. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know, when you're starting pushing 100 odd quid into for, a board game, that's quite a lot for potentially five or six sessions. Especially you when you look at something like Gloomhaven, which is like absolutely massive, it has loads and loads of replayability. And it's it's hundred thirty quid, but you play that for a hundred hours, and you can, you're still nowhere near the end of it. Kingdom Death. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's, it's, over a thousand pound for just the core set. And how many times are you going to play through that? Uh, we've played it in my every day for the it, rest of your life. At that, you, you wouldn't yeah. you would want to, but um, I must admit, in the in the three years we've had Kingdom Death, we've played it at least once or twice a month. I still don't think that's worth a thousand pounds. You're paying for the um, individually cast and cut models rather than the game itself. Yeah, I think that that's a thing with a lot of games these days. Is you're, See, you're paying I, I would, for the I would probably pay forty, fifty pounds for this. But you know, but if if we were putting a score in it, I, I don't particularly like putting scores on things because it's like a. I would I would probably say about seven, seven. I, I'd even put it to an eight for the for the game itself. Eight. If you're including the the price and the expansions and everything like that, yeah, okay, I'd probably move it down to six. But I enjoyed it enough to want to play it again. And there's a lot of board games nowadays which I don't want to replay. So in that sense, yeah, I, I'd definitely rate it up there. I'd put it at seven, most definitely. Um, I, I I'm not sure whether I'd be quite as generous as everybody else. I, I think I I would play it again, uh, but it's. It, it's. It, it, I feel it's. It's an average kind of game, um, and, and there's there's a lot of kind of recycling of art assets and all sorts of stuff, you know. And you can say, well, it's because they're feeding into the same. You know, they're feeding into the the, the Arkham Horror series that Fantasy Flight have done. But you know, you could use a different bit of artwork for each character, rather than using exactly the same bit of artwork in each game. For me, that seems a bit. It's a bit cheap, actually. You know, for the for the for the price, um, so I'd probably give it. You know, like I said, like Chris was saying, giving a rating probably not the best thing. But I, if I had to, I'd probably say five, four, or five. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. I'm the I'd... owner of the game. <laughs> yeah, the guy who actually spent the money. Of yeah, course, exactly. it's a ten. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't have bought it for. Yeah, Eleven. absolutely. No, I mean, I, I, I'm not going to say it's a perfect game. I take on what you said that. The, the fact that you're using the app, it could have given you much more variety and still been a, a board game without it being an app. Um, I don't know whether it's particularly relevant these days, but one of the other things is is the fact that it relies on the app. You can't play it without the app. Mm. So if you just go and pick up this board game, which some people might do, and then not have a piece of technology 
to be able to play it with. It's it's unlikely these days, certainly, but it's still a possibility. So unless they decided to stop supporting it, you don't know in ten years' time whether yeah. they might just stop supporting it. There you go, dead game. You can't use it then. It's just pretty yeah. models. Yeah, pretty absolutely. I mean, I, you know, the fact that they've done a second edition of this, I assume they're probably going to keep recycling this so long as it continues to sell. So there will be additional things. So yeah, you know, they will eventually drop the app that's particularly for this one. So yeah, it certainly doesn't have infinite shelf life. Um, just in terms of the enjoyment of the game, and, and for me, this nature of of the game and the the theme, if if not the license, obviously because they're not paying for a license, but that's that's right up my alley. So for me, I'm going to give it an eight because I really enjoy the game. I think it's yeah. very good. You know, that's uh, that, that's a, that's the important point, isn't it? You know, if, if you enjoy it, then you know. Yeah, you, you... Okay, no, I'm I'm not going to say it's faultless. There there are plenty of things you can criticise, but in terms of sitting down with a bunch of friends. Racking a game out, you can you can get into it very quickly. Uh, it doesn't require ages of setup and blah blah blah, as we've discussed before. It, it's pretty fast paced. You know, there's a bit of tension. It's not groundbreaking tension. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, fun. when when it's we fun. but when we got to the end of the scenario last night, you know, the uh, we were we were it was gone eleven. We we're all thinking, right, okay, we're right near the end. We've got to get through this. We've got to get through this. And then, you know, when we finally did finish the game, there was a feeling kind of relief, and it was a good moment. It was fun to play. Yeah. Um, my 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 own feeling is it just doesn't feel like there's going to be enough of those further on down the line to justify the cost and you know the 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 niggling bit that I found with the with the app and, and that sort of thing really. Yeah. So if you if you'd pick this game up in three years' time. You you found it on a on a on a website or something a board game exchange shall we say, and it had the core set five of the expansions fifty pounds. Oh yeah, you'd snap it up. Yeah, you've got good value for crack it definitely. Yeah, yeah. You, the the, the money is the fact that it's a it's it's a still a currently published thing. It's not out of print. They're still making it new. I don't think the price is overly over the top compared to most board games of this size. And is that it for mansions? I believe so. Yeah, I think we're okay. There. Are we going to do any? Because I see you've got. Yeah, in terms of what else is about, um, I'll, I'll jump in first because I seem to have some things here. But I've just received my hard copy of Wolfrop's Rough Nights and Hard Days supplement. I've had the PDF for a while, but uh, I won't go into too much because obviously I'm sitting in front of my group. But needless to say, it's another fine quality print from Cubicle 7, uh, full of lots and lots of fun things I can do to you. Yay. But, uh, <laughs> we have a Swihander. Everything's fine. <laughs> it's all good with the Swihander. <laughs> and the other thing that I've just taken delivery of is the long-awaited Malifaux 3rd Edition. I only have the core rulebook, none of the actual faction books yet. Who here remembers how to play Malifaux? I know it involves cards somehow. <laughs> I barely remember how to play my crew, my own crew. Yeah. So Malifaux is um, from Weird Miniatures, a tabletop skirmish game that has no dice involved. Everything is done with a fate deck, which is just a fancily drawn normal deck of cards. So you don't have to fork out for their uh, their fancy decks, although they are very fancy indeed. You're trying to open that bottle without uh, making a noise there, Chris. It's just, not working. Just, just do it. Put it right up to the mic. <laughs> ah, loser. <laughs> <laughs> so what makes third edition appealable? 
Uh, well, basically, they have... Is appealable a word? <laughs> it, it is a word. Appealable. 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 Why do you say appealing? Because <laughs> my brain didn't go there. Okay. His brain brain never there. goes there. No. <laughs> Darren, tell us why this is appealable. <laughs> now, this, this particularly appealable uh, piece of literature here, I find it very appealable indeed. It's like uh, a banana. <laughs> yeah, well, basically, it's still the same game. It's not any different. They have streamlined it significantly to make it a lot uh, simpler. That's the, the crux of it. They've uh, updated some characters. There are some new characters. They've removed from play some of the old ones, although there are new updated rules for them if you still wanted to play your old favourite characters. I like the cover. Yeah. I'll give you that. The artwork's still very good, as it always has been. Um, I'm really looking forward to finding an opportunity to somehow get back into playing a bit of Malfo. Well, I've still got my old crew, so uh, hopefully they've not died in the, uh, and the kind of the narrative. The so. Victorias are still alive and which is excellent. Unwell. I've got to paint them now. That's the only other thing. <laughs> well, you're getting really good at that these days. You breeze through uh, that. I'm all right. I'm not... <laughs> well, t- uh, the trouble is tabletop standard shifts. So I, I don't think I'm even tabletop standard yet, but, um, you know. I was tabletop standard about 10 years ago. Yeah. Now, so nowadays I'm colours. bin standard. <laughs> all of the old uh, characters, all the new rules for them are already available so you don't have to wait for the books to be released to give you the stats you want and the pdfs are free to download mm-hmm. so that that's a pretty bonus yeah definitely know, for a company like this that's quite unusual so kudos to them but yeah so look forward to talking about that in more detail uh, at a later date yeah that'll be cool anybody else got anything that they're looking forward to or up to um well i'm currently trying to like i said uh, i've been single player playing Blackstone Fortress. Uh, I'm currently waiting on the expansion packs for it and um, getting my miniatures table ready. So they could appear on camera if others were interested in playing it. Look forward to getting into some of that, maybe. Yeah, you know, uh, it it is just a reskinned Warhammer Quest, is it? Or is it Uh, Warhammer? It is Warhammer Quest. It's not reskinned. It is different from the fantasy Warhammer Quest. Oh, okay, fair enough. Well, we'll have to talk about that at some other point. Um, the other thing I was interested in this week, well, two things actually. Uh, obviously, there are the uh, the new plastic Sisters of Battle, which were released uh, online the other day. Um, at least the new sculpts look pretty interesting. So I'm quite looking forward to those. Uh, I may even get back into 40k. Um, certainly get a kill team and do some, do some of that stuff. That'd be cool. Um, and the other thing was uh, the Warhammer Underworlds. They're releasing a, uh, a kids version. <laughs> so uh, there's there's a there's a version where you have a, a stripped down uh, standard deck for each particular faction. Oh, brilliant! Uh, that sounds more like my sort of. <laughs> well, you know, it, it's one of those things. That I think you know, it'd be quite nice to uh, to take a look at. It look they they had uh, uh, new artwork which looked kind of a more garish, um, single color. Um, less grim and gritty, so yeah, it looks quite exciting to to, to to play. But there's very little detail about it now. But apparently, um, there's going to be more uh, on the 20th of July, which I believe is Warhammer Age of Sigmar Day. Uh, so we'll get some news about that pretty soon. Is that a national holiday? No, no, it's just uh, Games Workshop doing oh, their. Um, so we don't get a day off work then. No, well, it's a Saturday, so you're not working anyway. Uh, some people do. Right, well, so I, yeah, <laughs> you do get a day off work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Praise Warhammer. <laughs> Okay, well, I think that'll do for this evening. Yep, yep. Well, it's been good. Uh, uh, oh, God, well, let's try that again.
<laughs> do we have an outro yet? No, no we officially don't no. We're making it up as we go along. Uh, Does it show? <laughs> yes. No, never. <laughs> <laughs> I think you should just end it. Just don't <clears throat> say anything. Just, just be like, just be like, just cut it off. And done.